Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Law is more than the policeman on the corner. More than the courthouse where our laws are enforced. More than the jail where lawbreakers are punished. In your whole community, there are customs and moral codes which guide your actions. What social controls affect you? There's just, in general, lack of access for poor and or middle class folks. At that time, we had like 50 to 100 Fisher folks lined out of our office every single day, starting at like midnight. This is the life of the law. I'm Zoe Sullivan in New Orleans. There are a lot of languages spoken these days on Louisiana's Gulf Coast. Many beyond English, Spanish, and Creole French. One of the big languages here now is Vietnamese. As refugees started coming to the United States after the Vietnam War, quite a few made their way here for one big reason. Fishing. Those immigrants who already knew how to fish found they could make pretty good money in the Gulf. Many fishing empires developed. But then disaster struck. It all started April 20th of 2010. I remember that day because the news was like... President Obama's about to tour an emergency response... On Thursday, the... The geyser of seawater, mud, and methane gas... ...spewing between 504,000 and more than a million gallons of oil... 11 workers are missing and another 17 have been wounded after an explosion. In many accounts of a huge environmental disaster... The rig was under contract to the oil giant BP, which has come Local fishermen do. This could kill their livelihood. It kind of focused more on the, the, the search and rescue side of the, the 11 missing workers and, and things like that. Daniel Nguyen is Vietnamese-American. The way I got involved personally was, at that time, I was still um, busing tables um, downtown, and a friend of mine came to eat at the restaurant who worked here and then said, look, you know, the fish folk are displaced. We need interpreters. So I said, okay, I'll, um, I'll be willing to volunteer our time. So that's when we, we started, or I started to see how everything was starting to be pieced together. The Vietnamese fisher folk had largely been self-reliant. But self-reliance wasn't enough. The BP disaster tossed them into a foreign world, that of the U.S. legal system, 
Today is the final day to ask for emergency financial help from We BP. also talked about claims to make sure... Thousands of Gulf residents are waiting for desperately needed financial relief. And joining us now... Earlier this week, BP agreed to set aside $20 billion in an What constitutes a legitimate claim? Compensate people and businesses harmed by the Gulf oil spill. There are still problems you provided with me with enough corroboration, enough documentation, so that I can evaluate the merit... A complex claim system was the only way they could get compensation for all the income they were losing as fishing shut down in the Gulf. Vietnamese immigrants made up roughly a third of the shrimpers here. And shrimpers were hard hit. For them, the spill illustrated how fragile their solid livelihoods really were. And Wynne says, it showed how much the outside world didn't know how to communicate with them. BP had people coming in from Vietnam who were using the wrong dialects, offensive dialects, so like, there's, there's post and pre-1975 language. With post-1975 language, you have a, a split. So you have the American-based Vietnamese and you have Vietnamese-based Vietnamese. And that's considered communist Vietnamese. So they were using communist terminology, which was really offensive to the folks here who fled from a communist regime. So we saw that not only language access was a huge um, issue, but also the cultural competency, using the right dialect and the terminology. Wynne says the Vietnamese community in Louisiana started getting organized after Hurricane Katrina. But the community development organization where he volunteered, MQVN, had a whole new set of problems on its hands after the BP disaster. At that time, we had like 50 to 100 fisher folks lined out of our office every single day, starting at like midnight. Daniel and his colleagues were helping people file compensation claims with the Gulf Coast Claims Facility. In the process, they found out that those in the fishing community weren't just losing income, they were losing their own food supplies as well. Vietnamese fishermen relied on their catch to feed their families and to barter for other goods and services. But the compensation process was aimed more at the purely commercial aspects of fishing. So the base building started with identifying problems with the existing compensation process. How do we want to see a just compensation process? And out of that came not only language access, but the huge subsistence use campaign. So one of the things that wasn't being compensated for was subsistence use. And Legally, it was defined under OPA of 1991. OPA stands for the Oil Pollution Act of 1991, and it outlined how you're supposed to deal with this kind of uh, compensation for economic damages. So focusing on just subsistence, it defines subsistence as something that is culturally based and inherently undocumented um, because it's a cultural practice. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. I have uh, cobia and uh, king mackerel and uh, ground mullet and shrimp, that's all. Leanne Han sells her catch at a New Orleans farmer's market on weekends. She was born in Vietnam and came to the U.S. in 1983 when she was 13. She came to Louisiana when she married. Her boat and her husband's were grounded after the oil spill. But BP had promised to rent local fishing boats during the cleanup. 
Han says for her, that never happened. I think my case is not fair because I do own a boat too and it's going out too, but then they didn't call me to work. And we had to wait because everybody signed a contract. So we all have to wait, sit at home to hear the phone call, you know, to wait for the phone call. My, I didn't have a chance to go. But fruitless waiting or bad interpreters weren't the biggest problems facing the Vietnamese fishing community in Louisiana. After the oil spill, there was a lot of people who um, felt that they were signed up for legal representation without fully knowing it. Again, community advocate Daniel Wynn. Um, and then lawyers would, or the attorneys would just take their claims checks without them really knowing it. And then we couldn't do anything because they were represented by an attorney. Wynn says the whole experience made clear vulnerabilities that some in the community had already perceived. But despite the bad experience they've had, many are still turning to the legal system to try to regain some of what they lost from the oil spill. Some have joined class action suits against BP in the hopes that, bundled together, their claims can make a dent in the system. Attorney Ravi Sangisetti is a Louisiana native who's working with the Vietnamese community on their claims. Speaking to you about what I think about the legal system, there's just, in general, lack of access for uh, poor and or middle class folks. Uh, I mean, I get it all the time. We can't take the case or can't take this case or that case because it's just they can't afford it, right? And and if you're you're talking about communities that are disadvantaged in a lot of ways, those problems are exacerbated. Sangi said he is optimistic that the class action suits may succeed where individual ones failed, if only because private attorneys will be more interested in the profit from representing many clients at once. And in binding together as a class, the Vietnamese fisher folk may have found an approach to the legal system that best matches their own immigrant experience. In those communities, the Native American communities and Vietnamese American communities, you've got a real self-sufficient attitude, and they're insular in that they'll rely on the members of their community and kind of navigate uh, a disaster like this together. So it's really hard for, you know, folks to break into that world, especially now when you're talking about money and things of that nature. So BP offered a settlement in April of 2012. But many fisher folk worry the spill could create long-term problems for the ecosystem they depend on. Scientists are still trying to determine the spill's impact on Gulf marine life. There are no guarantees that the fisheries will bounce back, but the settlement is on the table right now. That creates a dilemma for Vietnamese fisher folk. They have to decide whether to chart a course towards class action or tie up at the dock, take the money, and give up the right to future claims. For Life of the Law, I'm Zoe Sullivan in New Orleans. Life of the Law is produced by Shannon Heffernan and Nancy Mullane, with editing by Julia Barton and production by Caitlin Prest. Financial support comes from the Open Society Foundations, with special thanks to Thomas Hilbink. This is the Life of the Law. I'm Zoe Sullivan in New Orleans. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Amy Choi. And I'm Rebecca Lair. And we are the Mashup Americans. The Mashup Americans. <laughs> uh, think of us as your guide to the hyphen America world we live in. Are you first generation Korean American, married to a Colombian Mexican American, and making beige babies? Us too. Or do you speak three languages and eat Salvadoran pupusas at Shabbat? Is Spanglish your best language? That's me. <laughs> uh, Spanglish is definitely your best language. Yeah, it was kind of a problem in graduate school. <laughs> eh, don't worry about it. We're, we're done with that. So we've got a new show here on the awesome Infinite Guest Network. You can go search for Mashup Americans in your favorite podcast app and check it out. We've got a great story about the mashup life of Donald Trump. Oh, and I just went to Margaret Cho's house to Netflix and chill. Kind of. <laughs> oh, my God. Vamos, let's do this. As we like to say, get to know yourself, America.